Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of Movies. My name's Colin. I'm the C. Joining me, uh, alert, alive, feeling great, feeling feeling on top of the world is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Yeah, hey everyone. <laughs> if uh, I sound worse for wear, it's because Colin made me record this at ten in the morning on a Saturday. Now. You might be thinking, listeners, that 10 in the morning or something doesn't sound too bad. Um, but but you messaged me at 4.20 this morning to tell me that yeah. you just got home. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. And I got up at like half seven this morning as well. So I only had three hours of sleep. <laughs> Oy, um, you're hearing... What were you up to, Susan? What was happening? Uh, I went to a Salt and Pepper concert. See, I didn't know Salt and Pepper was still going. This is... Uh... Yeah, me neither. Like, I don't know any of their songs apart from that one song which uh and uh many people who are born in the 70s were there apparently because right. they did a shout out of people from different decades okay yeah so you were cheering so madly for the 80s right yeah of course and uh there were pretty much no one from the 90s so that was the age demographic that you can expect in a salt and pepper concert well that sounds um so I must know nothing about salt and pepper. There's two of them, presumably. One of them's salt, one of them's pepper. Is that how it works? Yep, that's their names. Cool. I'm, I mean, how, how do they find each other? That was great. <laughs> Pure coincidence, Colin. It's like fate brought them together. Um, it's lovely. We're, we're not um, we're not moving into a uh, into a music reviews podcast. We're still doing films, and this uh, this week or this fortnight. I always get that wrong. This time, uh, we're doing 2009 in film. We're looking back a decade. Um, oh. We also have a uh, little chat about the films of Alice and Janney. We're doing a quiz on the Thor films. But we start, as always do, with movie news. Uh, Zijan. Uh-huh. Why do I have to start this time? Can't you start for once? I'm, I'm, I'm having a headache. This is, this is how it's going to be. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to use this as an excuse for everything. I feel like um, I feel like I'm going to do a lot of heavy lifting today. Um, here, yes. Here we go. Venom two, Venom two, um, the sequel, obviously to, to last year's Venom, which was not universally acclaimed. Um, it has a director. Um, earlier earlier in the week or last week, we had a, a shortlist of, of Andy Serkis, Travis Knight, and Rupert Wyatt. Uh, Travis Knight, best known, I guess, for Kubla and the Two Strings and for Bumblebee. Uh, Rupert Wyatt. I believe did the um, Planet of the Apes films, more recent ones. Uh, anyway, Travis and Rupert are out of here. They're gone. Um, we're left with Andy Circus. The circus isn't down. Um, he has signed on to direct Venom 2, uh, which is a fans- fascinating move. Um, I think the first Venom, I think we both agreed that it wasn't good, but it kind of nope. we enjoyed it more than we thought we might. Um, did I say that? Did you guys say that? Uh, you did say that. I mean, I think I was pushing it and you, you re- maybe you reluctantly agreed. But... Um, <laughs> Or maybe I'm misremembering and you hated it all. I don't know. Um, I think I think it ended better than it started, the Venom film. I think once they'd kind of found their body comedy niche, it kind of worked-ish. Uh, I did a big CGI fight in the end, which was weird. Oh, that was rubbish, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a bad film. And if I remember rightly, we, well, you uh, educated the uh, the world on which side of the road Malaysians drive on. <laughs> Uh, well, someone has to do it, right? Yep. Clearly, Venom's not doing his job. Um, so I think Ruben Fleischer did it on, and he's he's not coming back. Uh, allegedly because he's busy with Zombieland 2, but since Zombieland 2 comes out in like two months or so, that seems like a lie. I'm not, I'm not sure how he can be busy with a film that finished filming at least a year before Venom 2 is going to start. Anyway, um, Andy Serkis, he's only directed two films. He's directed uh, a film called Breathe, which is about, uh, uh, well... It starred Andrew Garfield and um, Claire Foy. It was about, I think it was polio we had. It was polio. And basically the, the creation of breathing apparatus for, for them. And uh, he did Mowgli, 
obviously a Jungle Book story, uh, which are both good, I think. So, so it's, well, it it'll be good to see a different director for the well. I would say I was going to say it's DC Universe at a point, but the Sony Universe. Um, the Sony I don't universe, know. Yeah, yeah. Is Tom Holland going to make a, a showing? Do you think? Um, they they Sony definitely wants him to. <laughs> Yeah, and they're talking up, and maybe I mean this. This sounds like if if I my my guess is they're going to basically throw out the first venom, pretend it didn't happen, and, and <laughs> re re recourse. That's not a word, but it's a word. But not I mean, get back on course here. Um, Andy Serkis, I think is, although he's in it done two films, is a fairly big name. Um, yes. I'm slightly surprised he's taking this on. In I mean, they must be giving him a lot of freedom to do what he wants. Uh, Michelle Williams has confirmed she's back. Okay, um, it's not like she had much to do the last time, but I mean, I, I, like, and again, that makes me think. I, to be honest, I thought she's contractually tied to it, but but even if she's not, I, that sounds to me like she has made more confidence in the direction it's going. I don't know. Hmm. Well, the, the the tones of both films are very different altogether, though the Spider-Man and the Venom films. So yeah, um, and you know the rating, the age, the ratings are also very different, especially given how um violent Venom can be. I'll struggle to place both of them in the same universe, but who knows? Yeah, and maybe it's moving more to a PG thirteen, as the Americans say. Uh, I don't, I don't know, but because Sandy so because first one breathe was basically just um, a character driven uh, period piece and, and nothing like this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Mowgli obviously massively uh, CGI motion capture must be yeah so I mean Andy Serkis is Mr. Motion Capture yeah who's going to play this time now then I don't know enough about the Venom backstory uh, yeah, no one J. Jonah Jameson he could be the second J. Jonah Jameson okay uh, well we're getting if you stayed long enough to the post credits of the first Venom you know that we're getting Woody Harrelson as Carnage um, in Venom 2 oh yeah I forgot about that so uh, that's something to look forward to um, do you want me to keep going or do you have anything? No, I can go on. I can go on. Speaking of sequels that may happen or will happen, Kill Bill 3 may happen. Really? To Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, he's been speaking to Uma Thurman. Yeah, it is a big really because obviously this is his. This would be his 10th film out of his uh, promised 10. And his promised 10, although he's got at least two others in the pipeline, so this seems... Well, yeah, but uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is coming out soon, has been getting very, very good reviews. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Um, who knows? Maybe he has changed his mind about his ten films late. <laughs> I guess because he's got the Star Trek thing coming up. Um, What's he's, he's doing a Star Trek? Thing. He's doing a Star Trek film. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't know how to count. Yeah, because because he's come back and said Kill Bill and one and two was counts as one film. So I don't know if that makes. And and the thing is, Bill kind of died. Did he? Kill Bill two. Yeah, he got killed. So. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, um, uh, apparently, um, do you know that Uma Thurman's daughter is in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well? I did not know that. Yeah. Um, have you been watching Stranger Things? No. So uh, this is Maya Hawk, the daughter of both Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman. Oh, I did very, hear that. Yeah. Yeah, famous parents, and she looks a lot like her mom as well. Okay. Um, she's a, yeah, she she was pretty good in Stranger Things. So um, and she's uh, appearing in his uh, most uh, his latest film. So mm. definitely doesn't fall too far from the tree. There you go. The, uh, one of these days we'll do an episode on children of famous actors. <laughs> More films coming up. Uh, Cruella apparently is still happening. I thought that I kind of died away. Died out, yeah. Uh, but it's still happening. Um, starring Emma Stone, I believe she's attached. I don't know if that's confirmed or not. I think it is. Um, as as the titular Cruella. Um, but Paul Walter Hauser has, uh, has signed up. Um, who you all know from I, Tonya. He was the, the best friend slash bodyguard character. Mm. Um, he was also 
in Black Klansman. Mm. Um, so he seems to make, I mean, he's, he's always a supporting character, but he seems to make good choices. So that makes me uh, interested in this. Yeah. Will you watch this though? I mean, Emma, Emma Stone's starring in it, so yeah, probably. Okay. So the only way to get you to watch the Disney film is to get Emma Stone in them. Or or, uh, or Tom Cruise. Okay. No, oh, that'll work. Tom Cruise does. I'm, I'm sure we can do an action pack one. Uh, what, what, what If there was a Disney uh, remake with starring Tom Cruise, what, what would you go for? Uh, the Empress New Groove. Okay. I was going to have him as Robin Hood as CGI Fox. Motion capture <laughs> Fox. Okay. Robin Hood is your favorite film, though, isn't it? It's not my favorite film <laughs> of all time. <laughs> yeah, sure. Robin Hood is my favorite film. This is why we have Taron Edgerton in it as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, I love that film that I have not seen. <laughs> um, the Lord of Flies is getting a new adaptation. Mm. Um, from the Call Me by Your Name director Luca Guadagnino. Thank you for probably not a good idea to pronounce the difficult name. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote um, it down, but I'll I'll let Zizan cover that one. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a a new version of the William Golding's uh, novel. Apparently, in twenty seventeen, there was actually a rumor about there being a gender swapped version of this. Mm. I think this this one is a uh, is true to the is a, book. It's being gender reswapped, is it? It's a double swap. Yeah, I don't think they call it that way. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, we talked about it at the time, I think, the, the, the gender swap idea, but that bit the dust pretty quickly. Um, Very quickly. Uh, you've read Lord of Flies, haven't you? I see. Many, your... many years ago, yeah. Yeah, Big, this, yeah me too, actually. Uh, more recent. Okay. Is there, yeah. I, I'm trying to think, I'm sure it must have been adapted as a film, but I can't think of... It was, uh, apparently it was adapted in 1963 and 1990, so twice now. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I, 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 don't, I don't picture a definitive adaptation or anything. I mean, I've not seen those, obviously, but... Okay, why not? Um, I'm afford that. Uh, here's some strange news. Um, this is news that I think will only ever happen once. So, uh, so mark the dates in your in your calendars. Um, there's a particular film role that Seth Rogen was going to play, but he's been replaced by Chris Pine. Um, I don't. Okay. I don't see that happening again. Uh, Walter Cronkite, the the famous American uh, news reader, news presenter, anchor, right. whatever it is. Um, they're doing a film called News Flash, um, starring him. Or, or about him rather, starring Chris Pine. I just, I just like the idea that I mean Seth Rogen and Chris Pine are both great, but they're not similar in any way. Um, so not really. To, and uh, I don't think either of them particularly look like Walter Cronkite. Have you come across Walter Cronkite? Cronkite? No, I've not. No, that's my first time I've heard the name. He's, he's kind of um, one of the kind of the seminal US news anchor figures. Um, okay. But he, I think he he became. Most, well, mostly associated with reporting on um, the JFK assassination, so I think this will probably uh, focus on that a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so I say I, I I'm a big fan of films about journalism uh, uh, yeah. in general. So I and I think this is a potentially a good story. So I'm looking forward to that. I don't know yeah. when that's coming out. It's a long time away, isn't it? I, I think imagine. it's a long time away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There has been a lot of remakes coming up from Disney. Mm. In the Disney slate. Uh, Home Alone is coming back. Yes. Uh, yep. So this is on the back from um, so Disney has took over Fox Studios, um, and well, Fox Studios has apparently saw a hundred and seventy million dollar loss actually in the third quarter, Oof. mostly due to X Men yeah, uh, failing to perform yeah. Uh, up yeah. to uh, yeah up to standards. So uh, Disney is making a lot of major changes um, and f- refocusing um, the Fox brand. And apparently they're focusing a lot on their family-friendly um, items. So apart from Home Alone, that they're 
remaking. They're also going to remake uh, Night at the Museum and Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah, and Cheaper by the Dozen, apparently, as well. There's, oh, wow. Um, it seems a bit early. <laughs> the, the, I mean, Home Alone, I can definitely see why you'd want to remake that one on Disney+, Plus, but Night at the Museum, is it? It feels like that it's wasn't really that recent, very long ago. Yeah. I can still remember Ben Stiller. <laughs> yeah, like, and I'm pretty uh, sure they're still making Diary of a Wimpy Kid films. Um <laughs> Is that not still going? I have no idea. I never followed them. I mean, if you told me the most recent one came out three months ago, I would have believed you. So, I, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, um, I'm not sure I've ever seen Home Alone all the way through. I, I, all the way through the first one. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen bits and pieces. I, it's such I, a popular Christmas film, though. Yeah, maybe I have seen it, but um, and and the three sequels, I think. Yes, they are. Three sequels are the first two with Macaulay Culkin in it, and I think the last one doesn't have him yet. And Scarlett Johansson's in one of them. Oh, is she? A young, a young Scarlett Johansson. I don't oh, know wow. which one. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, a lot of people whose childhood was tied up with Home Alone seem very upset by this, but um, mine wasn't, so I'm yeah. not. Well, Macaulay Culkin uh, did uh, post a tweet about this as well, mm. uh, showing a picture of him eating... Chinese takeaway and this is what Home Alone will look like now yes not the most flattering picture he could have chosen but I think that was no. a bit um, <laughs> I mean Chief of Bother Dozen I find interesting because no one has any affection for Chief of Bother Dozen do they it's a Steve no, Martin really. vehicle I mean, that strikes me as something that would work as a as, I mean I've not seen it but the, the concept of a family with lots of kids which is basically what that is isn't it is, mm. that strikes me as something that would work as a TV series rather rather than a film but, and there you go Disney Plus all the excitement that I will get is easy and that apparently you will not I'll be sitting there watching Disney, watching Diary of a Wimpy Kid remakes, and you'll be uh, you'll be none the wiser. In the next Simon Pepper concert. That's it. <laughs> um, the next Martin Scorsese film, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio was already signed up. Uh, Robert De Niro is now in talks uh, for that film, which I think would be fascinating because kind of De Niro and DiCaprio are, are the two big Scorsese muses yep. um, of different generations, and. Uh, I don't believe they've ever appeared in a film together, so neither to an Oscar Sessi film. So it'll be interesting to see them cross swords. Speaking of which, we've got the, the Irishman trailer. I know we don't normally talk trailers, but it's, it's been long awaited. Have you seen this? No, I've not seen it. So the, the trailer for the, for the Scorsese film with um, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, um, Joe Pesci, and others. Uh, it's coming yeah. out on Netflix in the fall, as they like to say. Um, still don't have an official date for that. I think okay. it might be November, but I think that's just rumours. How does it look anyway, the trailer? Uh, I think it looks really good. It looks fun. It's maybe a little bit generic Scorsese. There's no, maybe yeah. nothing too much that stands out, but it does. It looks good. Um, they show you a bit of the de-aging, so a lot of the reason this is so such a huge budget film is because they're de-aging the characters. Um, what slightly surprised me is that the bit you see basically de-ages De Niro to how he looked maybe 15 years ago. Okay. I was kind of expecting a de-age to Raging Bull era maybe um so I, my, my guess is we're going to see a lot more de-aging and we're, we're going to see him in his 20s 30s as well anything else uh just some small bits um i know it chapter two will be nearly three hours long good lord just mention it. yeah okay. and a combination of both it's running together will be 300 minutes so five hours in total um making it one of the longest uh, horror uh film times um we have, um, and speaking of de-aging, the the young actors, the kids will also have de-aging on them. Why can't they just use the kids? They're like it's like two years later. Have you seen how quickly kids grow, Colin? <laughs> um, Especially teenagers. 
Oh, goodness me. What happened to just putting a different hairstyle on and hoping for the best? Um, yeah, we've seen that work and feel horrible. <laughs> there's, um, I used to, well, there's a Matthew Perry thing called, um, well, there's Aaron Sorkin thing really called Studio 60 on Sunset Strip, um, where they did quite a few flashbacks. But the way they made Matthew Perry look 20 years younger was just put a backwards baseball cap on. Yep. It did not work. Exactly. Uh, uh, no, I, I, okay, I can't remember, I can't believe, though, they're de-aging people to look two years younger than they actually are. That's ridiculous. Anyway, um, the only other thing I've got is so a bit more Eternals casting. Um, so Barry Keon, Keon, I don't know, um, is in talks. He's or maybe he has even signed up. Um, he's best known, indeed, possibly only known as playing George in Dunkirk. He's on board. Okay. Um, and Gemma Chan is on. Um, and she played Minerva in Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah, I thought she died in Captain Marvel. Mm, so I don't know whether it's a different role. Which they do have, they have done occasionally, but only okay. for fairly small parts, or something else—a reawakening. Maybe she's just there to die again. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if if we're getting, uh, if we're getting multiverses, yeah, I'm not sure the most exciting thing for a multiverse could do is bring back a character a lot of people have forgotten was in Captain Marvel. But ah, um. <laughs> uh, well, um, my last bit of news is a controversial one. Ooh. Uh, Oh, we do like a bit of controversy on t- on the seed set of movies. Here we go. Yeah, of course, of course. Come on. One of the Avengers Endgame writers says, uh, oh, Captain America was at Peggy's funeral. That is controversial. It is, isn't it? Whoa. So... I know. Wh- whoa. <laughs> 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 so is he like jumping between... Oh, one of the writers, you say? One of the directors? One of the writers. One of the writers. Ah, yeah, because they... I said before, the, the, the writers and the directors have different views on how the time travel yes. works. So, yes. I love I love that there's two different canonical um, uh, <laughs> versions of this. That's mad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, fine. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can move on to the next section. Let's do that. Uh, to see or not to Z when we talk about films that we've seen and tell you the list of whether you should see them or whether you should not Z them. Um, Zijan, should I go and see Salt and Pepper? Uh, no, no. No? Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, have you seen I, got, I was dragged in today because I got a free ticket, so that's, that's pretty oh, much right. the only reason for going. Yeah, exactly. Um, have you seen any films since we last recorded? Uh, no. No, fine. Um, I have seen uh, Blinded by the Light. Uh, oh, that's the Bruce Springsteen one. Yeah. Um, so the good people at the Times. I was. I always feel duty-bound to mention them, even though who cares. But uh, they... they uh, you don't listen to our podcast. They don't listen <laughs> It's not like people listening to your podcast will go out and buy the Times after this as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Ruben Murdoch is tuned in. Um, <laughs> I'm going to forget, I've forgotten pretty much everyone's name, sorry, but um, it's, it's based on a, on a book about a guy who grew up in Luton in the 70s and 80s. 80s, it was the 80s. Um, and he is Pakistani and he faces a lot of kind of racist abuse, as you would expect, in um, Britain in the 80s. Um, if you're Pakistani um, he basically discovers Bruce Springsteen through a friend of his um, and it transforms his life um, so it's it's kind of a I've described it as a jukebox musical but it's not really it's 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 much more his narrative with Bruce Springsteen songs uh, in it and, and his love of Bruce Springsteen and Do he, he sing to, the songs? He does he. Uh, sometimes he sings them sometimes they're in the background it's, it's yeah it's it, Sometimes, yeah, sometimes they're just playing his music, but a lot of it is him listening to the music through his, his Walkman. Um, there is a scene where, in fact, the, he's playing it over the school tannoy mm. uh, or the school music system. Um, there are 
sometimes it kind of suspends your belief a bit, this disbelief a bit. When um, so there's one song I think it's Born to Run actually, where where they start singing it in school and then they're kind of running through Luton and they're still singing the same song. So that doesn't quite work. Mm. Um, and but most of it is is fairly true to life. Uh, I think it's really good, really good. Uh, okay. I mean, you, you and I have are, 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 have both seen Bruce Springsteen. Yes, we have. Oh. He looks like Sting. He, he apparently looks like Sting. Uh, that, I think it's the best gig I've ever been to. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, I, I'm a fan of his music. I'm maybe not as much as the the writers or the writer or director of, of this film who absolutely adore him. But I, I think he's great. Uh, there's a lot of parallels they're making in the film. Basically, the story that this kid who wants to get out of Luton and build a new life elsewhere, and Bruce Springsteen, who oh. wants his songs are all about wanting to get out of kind of the working class grind in New Jersey um, that his father went through. Um, I think the lead actor is 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 really good, really great performance from him. Um, I'm sorry, I've forgotten everyone's name, as I say, um, but he he hadn't done much before. Done a bit of TV. Okay. Um, yeah, his girlfriend is, um, is very good in it. Uh, his family, his parents are very good. His sisters aren't aren't brilliant, but um, uh, Haley Atwell has a brief kind of well, has a okay. has a supporting role. Um, Rob Brydon is in it. Um, Rob Brydon is a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, um, and if I'm being if I'm being cruel, um, the entire plotline with that character, which is about two scenes, should have been cut really. Um, but okay. they kept it in because it had they had Rob Brydon. Um, I think yeah. That's, if I'm criticising it, I'd say there's doing too much. So there's this yeah. This, this his there's a kind of a romance angle. There's a story of him trying to get out of this town. There's a story of uh, you get his neighbour who they think is racist. Um, you get um, national front marches. Uh, you get his trying to make earn money. There's there's probably too many ingredients in there so I think it would maybe if I cut it a little bit out but all in all I uh, yeah, strongly recommend I think it's really good okay yeah I was thinking of watching that but now you've convinced me um, and it's getting very good reviews apart from the times they didn't like it um, uh. it's the same director behind um, Bender Light Beckham actually which I've never actually seen but, um, oh okay yeah. I like Bender Light Beckham mm-hmm. so I'll check this out cool uh, we move on then to the main topic today um, we cast our minds back 10 years uh, to 2009 2009 in film <laughs> Tell you what, Zijan, I'm not going to ask you what you're doing in 2009. I always ask you what what you're doing. In the you year. know what I did in 2009. I know we, we we were we were we were friends. Yes, that's it. That was it. That's that was <laughs> that was your year. We met. Uh, I graduated in 2009. Mm. Yeah, you graduated the year before. Two years before. Oh, really? Yeah, we've never quite worked out what happened here, but I have. no, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I graduated. Yeah. I was I was halfway through my uh, actuarial exams in 2009. Oh yeah, and then we met. We did. What time it was? Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty much it, really. Anyway, 2009 in film. Um, as ever, I'll I'll rattle through some of the uh, the box office uh, top ten. We'll go through some of the Oscar winners and nominees. We'll then we'll talk about some other films. Um, can, can I start uh, saying that? Ooh, go I was probably going through the list of films, and I was thinking this is quite a poor year. Of films. So, yeah, I I had the same thought, particularly looking through the top ten. Um, but also kind of going through the list of other films. Yeah, it's not it wasn't a stellar, stellar no. year by any means. No, was it? like I was trying to add more films into this as well, and not talk about like the Oscar winners in the top ten. And even then, it was quite a struggle. Hmm. Um, this was also the first year actually that I started doing the Coddies, which is my uh, my blog. Um, uh, With film the award. best awards ever, though. By the way, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, which. I think I'd only seen about 11 films that year, so it was really stretching it out. But um, uh, 
Have, have you looked at the, the you, you've looked at the box office top ten? Have you? I have looked at the box office top ten. So um, yeah. let's 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 go from ten to one just to make it an exciting countdown. Um, okay. Although we might zip past some of them that we've not seen them. Uh, number ten is The Hangover. I have not seen The Hangover. It I've, was very popular when it was released, though. Extremely popular. Yeah, I'd say it's the tenth most popular film of the year. Um, <laughs> I have not seen it either. So let's. No, it's it it, it was. Um, I mean, Mike Tyson was in it. There was a tiger, uh, and Bradley Cooper is in it, and it was good enough that they made two sequels from they it. They did. I, yeah, my, I always thought that the rehabilitation of Mike Tyson to public life is a thing that baffles me. Um, it's very bizarre. He appeared in on Broadway as well. Did you know? Yes, I did know. Um, yeah, he was also in How I Met Your Mother. Uh, number nine on the list, the worst film of the year. Um, but ninth most popular. The ninth most popular was Angels and Demons, um, the second in the um, Tom Dan Hanks Brown. needs a paycheck uh, trilogy <laughs> of, of Dan Brown adaptations. Yeah, even McGregor's in it as well. Poor lad. Um, I've seen it. Um, Angels and Demons is um, my favorite Dan Brown novel, and that's not saying much to me. Okay. Um, um, but. Uh, I've seen the film. It's yeah. It it follows the novel quite closely. So make that what you will. <laughs> make um, that what you will. Well, it's it's atrocious. Um, so I will not read that novel. Um, I love Tom Hanks. Who doesn't? Um, who was the girl in this one? I can't remember. Was it Audrey Tattoo or was she in the first one? I can't remember. We I, had a quiz on this before. We did. We. I'm sure we knew about it at that point. Anyway, don't yes. watch it. <laughs> Uh, number eight, Sherlock Holmes, the film that um, that we mentioned last time, and you'd forgotten all about or something, or not seen. We it. did, we did. We spoke about it, uh, yeah, in our last podcast. Um, this is the uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Yes, vehicle. Um, I think it's really, really good. I'm a big fan of this one. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is superb in it. I think it got a bit criticised at the time, particularly in this country, by people who thought it was just it was too kind of violent because it was done by Guy Ritchie who done Lockstock and stuff. That's why I mentioned it was in the quiz, wasn't it? Uh, but I think it works a lot. Uh, I think it works very... Let's um, say the violence I think works very well because it's quite methodical violence, if you will. So you see kind of Sherlock Holmes planning out his attacks and things in a very cerebral way. Mm. Um, yeah, I look forward to the third one of these. Um, number seven. <laughs> yeah. Twilight Part Two. Is this Part Two? I think so. I I I I I've wrote I down all the. I never uh, remember it. The subtitles, but I had to, I looked up the various subtitles because there's quite a lot of sequels in this list. Yeah, um, uh, I may have seen it. I can't remember on the plane. Cool. I have not uh, seen it. Yeah, it's not worth watching it. I mean, the Twilight series is, yeah, just rubbish, really. <laughs> there we go. Um, write to us. At CZ Movies on Twitter, CZMovies at gmail.com, if you disagree with Zijan's brutal assessment of the Twilight film. <laughs> um, I say it's, it's, I'm going controversial all the time this time. This is it. Um, hmm. um, number six is up. The Pixar film, That's which it. made lots of people cry in the first 10 minutes. Yes. Some say the saddest first 10 minutes of any film. I could go with that, yeah. I think it's. Um, true. I, I've seen this film and I don't think this is one of uh, Pixar's best films even though it's been nominated for Best Picture. It was, wasn't it? It was... Um, yeah. Because there was quite an extent... Wasn't this the first year they extended the Best Picture nominees? To, they did. They did. Yeah. And, um, for... It's like... 
the film well if for those who don't know it follows this old man um who uh, follows his ex-wife his dead wife's dreams to travel to south america and goes there in a house filled with b- balloons um you know it's whimsical at best but then it just lost its plot halfway through the film especially when they introduced the bad guy with the dogs which was just a very bizarre introduction i, I agree yeah i think it's a, it starts off beautifully i like the journey i like the relationship with him and the kid I, li- I like the first dog whose name escapes me um but yeah, when you get the old guy, when you get start getting the bad guys' dogs flying planes, yeah, you think, yes. what world is this? I mean, obviously it's not realistic because a guy flies to South America with balloons on his house, but it seemed to kind of break its own internal logic with suddenly mm. having, um, yeah, let's say dogs want, as fighter pilots. So yeah, I, I didn't love the second half of that. Yeah, me. Uh, um. Yeah. Well. Cool. Um, twenty twelve comes in at five. Uh, a somewhat um, inaccurate prophecy of what would happen just three years after its uh, release date. Uh, Which one is 2012? 2012 is the um, end of the world, volcanoes, floods. It's not the day after tomorrow, right? It's, it's basically the same as the day after tomorrow. Oh, okay. Um, but with a slightly bigger budget, I think. And effects were what was about five years better, I guess. It's quite forgettable. They, at one point, they save a dog. That's what the bit that everyone was talking about. Okay. Um, but it's, it's the same guy who did 2012, I think. So right. it's, it's basically the same film. Um, John Cusack lives in a caravan. Ah, uh, okay. That, that's part of it. Um, it's bad, but fun. Um, speaking of bad, um, number four, Transformers Part 2. I did not see it, but I enjoyed reading a re- review of how bad it was. I'm I'm pretty sure I haven't seen this either, so we can quickly move on. Cool. Uh, the third highest grossing film of the year. Yes. Was Ice Age three. And um, this is why we say it's been a very it's a bad year. Pretty <laughs> film. Um, in fact, we'll we'll come on later to some films that I'm surprised weren't in this list actually. Um, but Ice Age, you, you forget how popular the Ice Age films were. Incredibly popular. Uh, I have not seen it, or indeed any Ice Age film. I don't. I don't know whether I've seen it. That's how. Yeah, I don't know whether I've seen it at all. I. I. I'm pretty certain I've seen uh, an Ice Age film. I don't know which one it was. Okay. <laughs> so it could be this one. Could be. Uh, um. So who knows? Is, but yeah, I think, this, I think looking down this list so far, so we haven't done the top two, but I think of the films that Sherlock Holmes and Up are good. That might be, I mean, who knows if the hangover might be good, but the rest of uh, uh, Number two, Harry Potter 6, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, came in with $934 million at the box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a little bit shy of the billion. Uh, this is probably the one that deviates the most from the book, if I remember. I, I remember coming out of that thinking you did change a lot in this one. This is the one with Dumbledore's death, isn't it? Dumbledore's death, uh, the Harry and Ginny uh, relationship, obviously yes. Snape's betrayal. Or, or was it? With, yeah, not really. No, not really. Um, <laughs> Everyone knows the story already by now. I thought... I came out of this enjoying it a lot, but I think it was more disjointed. It felt like they were trying to hit a lot of plot beats from the book. And I said they did change quite a lot, but they seemed to want to hit quite a lot of the same beats. Um, but didn't. Ha- it's quite a long book, if I remember okay. rightly. And I think Jake Rowling had more time to kind of move between them as opposed to like this scene, this action, this action, this action. If it, is this the one where they burnt down the burrow? So the Weasley's house gets burnt down. When? I think in this one, which is oh, n- not in the book. Do they? And seems very odd. 
Oh, when the Death Eaters went and burned it down. Hmm. So, right. I, I, I really can't remember this film because I don't think the sixth book is that memorable anyway, apart from the fact that the sixth book is basically to introduce the final book. It was just. It was it's very much that. a yeah, segue, wasn't it? But, um, I actually like it a lot for, for the character development, but, uh, but you're right, it was it's not Peel's favourite. Um, so, top of the box office, the highest grossing film of all time. Earning until three times the second. Yep. $2.7 billion, uh, it's Avatar. Which we have spoken to death on this podcast. <laughs> I no. I'm surprised that, I'm surprised still that it made quite that much money. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the Oscar winners slash nominees that we've not mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. The big one, um, directed by um, the ex-wife of the director of Avatar, Avatar. Bigelow, <laughs> yep. uh, was The Hurt Locker. Uh, which I saw for the first time this week. You see, oh, that's wow. The, that's the preparation I do for this podcast. Station. That's the effort that, I put that in. Is very, that's dedication. That's dedication. That's definitely more dedication than I am going to put in. <laughs> in fact, I had it sitting on my shelf. Actually, I had the DVD on my shelf and I still watched it on Netflix. That was uh, weird. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, so it's, it stars Jamie Renner. It was his first big thing. Uh, he was uh, Chris Pratt is in it as well, is he? No, he's in Zero Dark Thirty, which is uh, also, also Catherine Bigelow and covers. I get confused. Oh, yeah, I, I do as well. Um, uh, it's got uh, Anthony Mackie as well, which I wasn't expecting. Um, Ray Fiennes um, and uh, oh, the Chappie from Memento. Uh, it's quite slow, um, okay, but, I, um, but in a good way. I'd say I, I don't love army films in general, and I think if you're interested in well, particularly kind of Iraq, Afghanistan, those those wars, then you'll love this film. If you're not, which I'm, I, it's not something that's particularly intriguing me in, in the entertainment sphere, at least. Um, it's a little bit slow going. But uh, yeah, definitely worth watching. I'm, not, I'm surprised it got Best Picture, if I'm honest. I don't... I say we, Compared we said to his competition. Well, well, that's it. 2009 wasn't a great year, as we've said, and I think there's nothing much here that I'm pulling up to say, oh, this was definitely the best film of the year. So, mm. so fine. Um it's slightly odd in that I'd, I'd never seen it before, but I did. I thought I knew a massive spoiler, which turned out not to be true. So I must have got confused <laughs> somewhere. So I was waiting for it to happen the entire film, and then it's like the last scene. Like, all right, okay, I guess that's not. It's probably right. in Zero Dark Thirty then. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Evangeline Lilly's in it as well. Um, oh. uh, so it's a whole Marvel precursor. Um, there was, I think, Avatar was the favourite for Best Picture going into the Oscars. Um, Yes, but, uh, but Catherine Bigelow swooped, and I think she got best director as well, didn't she? So best director, and best picture. Um, Bit her ex-husband for this. And looking back, actually, I think, I I think that's probably not unfair um, in terms of Avatar. Perhaps was slightly overpraised at the time. I, would say. Uh, I agree. What else we got? We got Sandra Bullock winning an Oscar for The Blind Side. I remember seeing this film. Uh, it's been a while back, uh, and she plays. Uh, middle class uh, suburban mom, uh, mom who takes in uh, a teenager mm. who ends up being uh, one of the American football players one of the more famous American football players yeah is. and I think this sold very well in America obviously it's an American sport and it, it, she's uh, overtly a Christian character if I'm right yes that's uh, well. uh, yeah I enjoyed this film I, I, again it's not necessarily um Something that I would tell you, Sandra Bullock definitely one of the great performances of the decade. But uh, No, I don't think it's her best performance either that I've seen her in. What would you say is her best performance? Oh, uh, Speed. Speed's pretty good, isn't it? Um, yes. Uh, yes, I think it's, it's worth a watch. Uh, I, say, I don't know what it did over this country. I, I suspect it didn't play as well over here as it did in the US. But... 
Um, this you cut a lot of, uh, sorry. I was, I, was, I was leaping to the next film, but carry on. Yeah, no, no, no. I was saying that the blind side has gotten a bit more flack this time around as well. Oh, yeah. More, in more recent times because, you know, of the whole... A white um, saviour, isn't it? White saviour thing, yeah. Especially because it highlights the mum more, the family more, rather than the the story about the um, the footballer. Okay, I can't get I can't get too excited about that. Mm. Um, speaking of white saviour, no, no, I've got no link. Um, District Nine um, came out in two thousand nine. It's a film based in South Africa, starring Shanto Copley, mm-hmm. um, who's uh, very South African. <laughs> he actually keeps his accent in films, which most yes. I've never heard Charlie's Theron doing a South African accent in a film. I don't think. Um, I really enjoyed this film. It's yeah. about it. It's about aliens uh, who came into South Africa and um, lived there in the slums. So they're basically like an analogy of immigrants coming in. Um, yeah, and particularly in South Africa, it's very much an apartheid allegory, isn't yes. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they do touch upon things like, you know, illegal immigration and, you know, um, racism as well. They call the the, the aliens prawns. Mm. as a derogatory mm. term for them, for example. And yeah, I, I enjoyed this film a lot. Um, I thought that it did you know things in a very um I, I like that they you know managed to bring up all these kind of um themes and touch about all this um and bring it into the sci-fi universe i thought it's done really well yeah I, I thought it was really great uh really good as well and neil blomkamp i think was who directed it and he's not really hit the same done. heights again he's, yeah. he's made similarly made chappy he made um was that was that elysium was that him no <laughs> we always link elysium with everyone <laughs> Um, he did. He's done various, various sci-fi things. I think he was he was going to do an alien film, and that never happened. But um, yeah, I don't think he's quite hit these heights again. Was he not Elysium? He did Elysium. Could be. I don't know. I thought it was the Wachowskis. I'm pretty sure it wasn't them. It's probably M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> uh, what the only um, down? He was Neil Blomkamp. I'm a genius. Um, some people some people say that the 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 mark for genius is slightly higher than half remembering who directed a film 10 years ago but I say not <laughs> um, well less than 10 years ago the, the only thing the only slight downside I think is it's a found footage film but they kind of abandon that part way through so you're, you're in it's kind of half found footage and half not mm. oh yeah I forgot I, I forgot about the found footage bit as well so I mean the whole found footage craze is not something I'm eager to see too much of but I think if you're doing it do it uh, just, I, I hate shaky cameras mm. um an Education, starring Kerry Mulligan and Peter Skarsgård, or Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. I've uh, seen that. No, it's 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 very good. So Kerry Mulligan is a superb actor, and, and this was her big break. I think she had a few things before that, but um, yeah, it's definitely worth definitely worth a watch. Um, it's her, I guess in some ways it has some similarities to Blind by the Light, and it's the you know, sort of, um, schoolgirl who's trying to break free a bit and, and having a bit of an awakening. So uh-huh. I think that's, that's definitely worth a watch. Um, up in the air. That's a film you like. Uh, no, because Anna Kendrick's in it. Oh yeah, I don't like this film. I have seen, I saw it in cinema. Um, Anna Kendrick, as you say, is in it. Anna Kendrick got an Oscar nomination for this. I know she did. She Which, did. Um, her career went in a very different way after this. Um, <laughs> um, so it's Anna Kendrick, Fear from Eager, um, George Clooney as a star. J.K. Simmons, who gets the title credit thing, is in it for one scene. I always find, I just found that so weird. Uh, anyway, George Clooney is someone who goes around the country um, firing people on behalf of their employers who don't want to do it themselves. Oh. And he flies a lot and he has some sort of relationship with these two women. 
it's a weird premise. I, I think it works. It, 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 I say it got a lot of praise. Obviously, it got nominations and things, but I didn't really like it. Have you seen it? No, I've not seen it. The remaining films that are on the best picture list, I've not seen them at all. Uh, I've, I've gone through all the different um, things that one thing. Fantastic Mr. Fox, you've seen that. Oh, uh, no? Fantastic Mr. Fox, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's very good. Um, it's Wes Anderson, so it has the whole Wes Anderson feel into it as well. Um, and stop, uh, stop motion. Some mm. uh, an animation that I always love. So it's a very good film. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I saw a couple, uh, maybe last year or two years ago. Um, it's, I think it's probably the only Wes Anderson adaptation, is it? Um, yes, I might, yeah. If I and uh, not that similar to the book in any way, really. Um, I mean, the basic premise is the same. Yeah, this is really fun, and uh, not too uh, twee, which I thought it might be. Uh, Crazy Heart was uh, Jeff Daniels winning an Oscar. Not Jeff Daniels, Jeff Bridges. I always get those two mixed up. Um, playing an Oscar, winning an Oscar for for playing a um, kind of over the hill guitarist, a country singer. Uh-huh. Um, I think he's very good in it. I don't remember masses of Maggie Gyllenhaal. I think he's in it. Maybe I, I don't remember this. Yeah, I don't remember huge amounts of it, but um, it, it felt a bit like a. It's a fairly low budget, but it's one of those things that you kind of think, oh, it's a, it's an old actor who's never won anything, or never won an Oscar. So you just give one to him. Let's just give him one. Uh, Invictus. Um, this is this, uh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. And Damon Vigo, right? It's right. So Mitt Damon doing his best South African accent. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, and Morgan Freeman getting an Oscar nomination for playing Nelson Mandela mm. because, of course, he would. Um yeah, it's, it's it's good. It's telling the story of the ooh, 1994, maybe, um, Rugby World Cup, where maybe 1990, anyway, um, or maybe none of those years, sometime in the early 90s, um, where the traditionally um, rugby had been a white man's sport in South Africa, and, and uh, so Nelson Mandela wearing the Springboks jersey was a, a massive moment politically. In mm. South Africa, quite quite a oh, huge year for, for South Africa in films, as it turns out. Uh, definitely worth a watch. Um, some people, I think, have been unkind about Matt Damon's accent, but I thought it was alright. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know. Um, Star Trek, and this is what surprised me. I, I would have thought Star Trek would be in the top ten um, box office, but apparently no, not. That's a very that's a very good point. Um, I I've seen the first Star Trek film. I remember it. Um, well, I say I remember it. Um, this is the J.J. Abrams That's right. Star Trek. Yep, with Chris Pine as Captain Cook. I've been told off before for describing it as the first Star Trek film, but uh, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. This did really well to bring it to a, a wider audience than the, the the typical Trekkies, I suppose. Yep, and so, it was good enough to span uh, spawn three more two more sequels. Yeah, neither of which reached these heights, I think. Nope, um, definitely not. But great card. I mean, Chris Pine say the. Uh, who, for future generations, will remember him as Walter Cronkite, but um, we recall him here as, uh, as you say, Captain Kirk and um, and uh, Zachary Zachary Quinto. Quinto, thank you. It's a very um, good Spock. He's, he's excellent. Um, good supporting cast as well. Um, so you've got Zoe Saldana, uh, Carl Urban, Simon Pegg, the late Anton Yelchin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely uh, worth watch. One of the best films of the year, I think. Me too. I think, yeah. Compared to what we've um, spoken about so far, yes, yeah, uh, and the young Victoria, um, which introduced Emily Blunt to a wide audience, which uh, she plays the young Queen Victoria, um, 
and it plays off kind of becoming queen, I think, in a relationship with uh, with Albert. Uh, really good. She's really good in this. I definitely recommend that. Hmm. Right, let's let's talk other films. So that, those are all the Oscar winners slash nominees that I've seen. I don't know if there's any others that you wanted to talk about. No, no. I haven't seen many. As, I, just, I, I don't know. Like Probably 2009, because I was graduating in my final year, etc. I didn't watch as many films either. Um, but... Well, one thing I have to bring up is obviously 500 Days of Summer came out yeah. that year. Yeah. Uh, I brought it up a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to bring it up again. It's a great film. Very really great, great, great film. Uh, everyone should watch this. No questions asked. Just okay. watch it. Stop what you're doing. Stop this podcast. Um, some other stuff here then. Uh, so we had State of Play, which was um, which is a, a journalism film, a British film starring... Uh, what's this British? Actually, it's based off a British TV series. Oh. Um, I'm not sure where the film was made, but it stars Ben Affleck, um, Russell Crowe, Rachel McAdams, so none, none of them are British. They're <laughs> American, Australian, and Canadian. Um, Helen Mirren, she's British, she's in it. Um, so it's based, it's kind of a crossover of, of um, politics and, and and journalism because they're right, yeah, Russell Crowe is writing a story about uh, his friend who's a politician. Um, the it's, I say it's based off a TV series, doesn't have mass, I mean, the premise is the same. I yep. only saw a TV series this year, actually. Not not huge amounts of crossover. Otherwise, um, they also bolt on a plot where Rachel McAdams is a young blogger, effectively. So it's the kind of the new press versus the old press storyline. Uh, I think it works really well. Actually, I think it's a good film worth a watch if you haven't seen okay. that one. Uh, Watchmen came out that year. Mm. Uh, the Zack Snyder vehicle um, that. Uh, I don't know why, for some good reason, I'm using the word vehicle many times in this podcast. Just, I, I, I'm, I'm all in favour of it. Go for it. Uh, but yeah, um, it it was popular. Uh, this is based on the Alan Moore graphic novel. And I've seen the film. I, I enjoyed the film. It's mm. uh, a panel for panel. It replicates a lot of the shots from the yeah, comic books. Yeah. Um, which may not be a bad thing. I mean, this is one of the least um, hated of Zack Snyder films. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it is kind of true though. I mean, like compared to what he's done so far. Yes. Uh, um, people, 300 people love that, don't they? But um, yeah, I, I read the first quarter of Watchmen or something, but I, I borrowed it off Pete and he wanted it back, so I never got around to finishing it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a good film. I think it, it's, it's my, my theory is that Zack Snyder doesn't really, isn't great at making a story, but what, a, a new one but if he's got an existing one to work from he can do a good job yeah he, he he's good with his visuals so it's always a good thing um yeah i, I enjoyed the film cool um we've got uh night at the museum 2 since we we're talking about night at the museum earlier that, that was that was 10 years ago it's pretty good um time traveler's wife i loved that film in 2009 uh, 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 the film is definitely better than the book oh wow. bringing the controversy this time goodness I me see it. Oh, yeah. I, I don't, the book is I'm not a big fan of this book because it, it's always rubbish about, time travel's wife rubbish oh, take, take, on, like, take them all down this time the time travel's wife is all about a grown man grooming a young girl to be his wife <laughs> it's true it's true he met her when he was when she was four, four years old five years old um, and then he told her that oh I'm going to marry you one day he was 40 years old but in fairness, she'd already told him that. That's so creepy. How is that not creepy? Um, there are creepier. There's creepier scenes in that book. Um, I think this is this is the year I fell in love with Rachel McAdams. Let's be honest. Um, I think she's phenomenal in this film. Um, as as the as the title character. You're such a sucker for rom coms. I am a sucker for rom coms, particularly ones starring Rachel McAdams. Oh my. 
Is she going to be coming back for the next Doctor Strange film? Oh, no. I, I don't know why I thought you would. Um, <laughs> if you save your save your Hollywood scoop for this for the fifty minute mark, um, I I loved this film when I first saw it. It got the got Coddy for best picture. In fact, I've seen it several times since, and I kind of like it a bit less every time. <laughs> so it's gone, <laughs> gone, gone down the Because it's all about grooming. <laughs> Partly that. Um, Zombieland came out this year. I think. Um, this wow, is ten years ago. Ten years. That's why we're getting the sequel later this year. Um, it's a great film. A bit too gory at the beginning for my taste, but um, uh, everyone in it is f- fantastic and has all have all become much more famous since then. Apart from Abigail Breslin, who was just as famous as she was then, if not. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's probably true. That's probably very true. Uh, I I'm going to bring up all the other animated films that came out that year, Go for which it. I, I feel I've obviously seen. So. Apart from Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is probably the best one that came out that year, there was The Princess and the Frog, the Disney film. Um, was that the was that the, the first one to have a black leading character? Yep, yep. Black Princess, uh, Princess Tiana. Um, it was okay. I couldn't. The songs were not memorable. People loved the film, but I thought it was, yeah. Uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, that's, that's good. This, that's a good film. That's the Sony Pictures films. Yeah, I enjoyed this as well. I like seeing giant food falling from space. That's Lord and Miller, isn't it? Yeah, yes, and then of course there's monsters versus versus aliens. So that's the DreamWorks film that of came course. out there. Yeah, so I've mentioned DreamWorks. There's Sony. There's Disney. There's uh, Wes Anderson and and Pixar, uh, of course. No, yeah, and Pixar is up and Laker Animations, which is a stop motion, which I love a lot. The Coraline that year as well. Oh, okay. Um, and Coraline is one of my favorite films. Uh, in terms of animation, it's uh, it's very dark, it's very scary, but oh, so so good. Big year for animation. Mm-hmm. Um, the I'll, I'll rattle. We're going. Yep. I'll, I'll just quickly rattle through a few more. So, Sunshine, on, yeah. Sunshine Cleaning, um, starring uh, Amy Adams and Emily Blunt, where they basically they found a job clearing up uh, murder scenes. That's uh, kind of darkly comic, but it's, not, it's good to see those two together. Um, Adventureland is good. Uh, it was Jesse Eisenberg's other big film of the year. Um, possibly Ryan Reynolds' only good film that isn't Deadpool. <laughs> uh, so harsh. So so harsh. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Um, you liked that Pokemon thing, didn't you? Anyway. Uh, yeah, I did. 17 Again, the last Matthew Perry film that anyone saw. Um, That's true. That's very true. Which was a classic. Uh, it was basically big in reverse. Mm. Um, he, the young Zac Efron. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's terrible, but I'm slightly surprised it didn't make it into that top 10 because there's a lot of terrible films in that top 10. I thought it would have made a lot of money. Um, the worst Terminator film, Terminator Salvation. Yep. Um, the Invention of Lying, which marked the death knell of Ricky Gervais's uh, film career. is not good. <laughs> uh, the Boat That Rocked, the worst Richard Curtis film. Um, oh, my, oh wow. Um, wow. But also possibly the best film about football. Um, the Damned United, which is a retelling of the the David Pierce book about Brian Clough's time as manager of Leeds United, um, which I know all those things must sound fascinating to you, Zijan, as a huge football fan. Um, I'm just falling asleep now. Have you heard of Brian Clough? No, no reason why you would. Uh, basically, Brian, Brian Clough is one of the greatest football managers this country has ever seen. Um, he did phenomenally well at Nottingham Forest and Derby County, um, but did very badly in a brief spell at Leeds United. And this is the story of that. The book is fantastic. The film is very good. Um, but I'd say check out the book. 
Although, obviously, you won't, but our listeners might. That was 2009 in film. So, yeah, clearly the greatest year for films ever. I say, I think it's probably the worst one we've done. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, but, hey, if you if there's any films that we haven't mentioned or anyone, any films that we have bad mouths that you want to tell us are great, um, I've not even mentioned Whip It, the best ever film about roller derby. Um, <laughs> uh, let us know. I see there's any movies. I see the movies. At at gmail.com. We move on to our segment, uh, Actor Factor, uh, the only segment that's got a name, uh, where we talk about the films <laughs> of a particular actor um, and maybe even choose our favourite and least favourite. And this time it is the great Alison Janney. Well, yeah, in our last podcast, you mentioned that you didn't know that Alison Janney was in so many films. Mm. And you're right. Yes. How did how did she appear in all these films and not recognize her? I gotta say, she's done so many films, I, I, including some films I love. And I'm thinking, who on earth is she in that film? But, um, yeah. So I've seen seventeen films with Alison Janney. Wow, I've seen nine nine films with Alison Janney. Uh, I I think we should start with the one that um she won the Oscar for. Um, I Tonya, go for it. I Tonya that came out. Was it last year? Last year, right? Uh, I think last year in this country and probably the year before in America. Yeah. Well, you loved Aetonia. I loved Aetonia. It's probably your choice for Best Picture last year, wasn't it? Uh, I think um, it was, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for about Tonya Harding, the figure skater with Margot Robbie. And Alison Jenny is brilliant in it. And when, I remember at the end when they showed the real clips of the human characters that they were playing, they were so similar. Mm. <laughs> Alison Jenny to her mum. Uh, Tony Harding's mom it was so so similar in mannerisms and all that and it's a well deserved uh, Oscar for her it's a very good performance from her so yeah I mean, it's fantastic all around I think it was I say it was my favourite film of last year it's, it's just really imaginative um, storytelling great direction Margot Robbie is, is absolutely superb in this film um, and yeah Alison John you can't it's kind of larger than life and then you say you see the real character and you think oh, okay no, that's how she was yeah um, wow so uh, yeah that was that was phenomenal um I've read through the, the earlier ones because I so she's apparently she's in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, but I think probably only in a minor <laughs> role. So let's skip past that. Um, Primary Colors. I have no recollection of her being in this film. Um, it's um, it's based on a, a Roman Ackley. Uh, so basically, it's um, Bill Clinton, but they didn't call him Bill Clinton, uh, presumably because they didn't want to get sued. Um, so it's the story of of him becoming president and you find out basically he's a liar and cheat and in fact they kind of imply that he's involved in someone's suicide and I don't know oh, how wow. true otherwise that is uh, but, <laughs> no wonder they can't use his name yeah um, John, John Travolta plays that role I had Adrian Lester in it who um, was going to be huge and then never quite was um, and I can't remember who plays the Hillary character oh uh, she's also allegedly in American Beauty which uh, I don't remember her in American Beauty at all no um, oh, it must be a very, very minor character. I think so. I didn't love this film, and and now now that everyone hates Kevin Spacey, I can I feel comfortable saying that. <laughs> Finally got there. Um, yeah, let's get past that. So, uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, um, which is a kind of mockumentary behind the scenes of a beauty pageant that turns murderous. Oh, uh, okay. Apparently, yeah. she's in Good that. Name. I don't remember that either. <laughs> but it's uh, probably it's not. A, I don't entirely love the whole mockumentary style. It's very much um, owes a lot to things like Waiting for Guffman or Best in Show or us. But uh, but I think notable for the, had for the cast, I had young Amy Adams in one of her first roles. I think had young Kirsten Dunst. So kind of people who became bigger afterwards. Apparently she's in the hours. I'll, I'll mention that for Simon's benefit. Um, <laughs> she's in everything. 
she's another thing. Uh, Finding Nemo. Who was yeah, she in she's, Finding Nemo? Any idea? She's a voice in Finding Nemo. I don't know which voice she was in Finding Nemo, but she was in Finding Dory as well. So, oh, was she really? So she must yeah. have been someone who re- reappeared, I guess. Yeah, so I have no idea who she was. <laughs> um, and a film called Picky Diddy Jim, which I don't remember much about, but I, I remember enjoying. Um, Finding Nemo was a great film, though. Yeah. yeah. You've not seen it, have you? I've seen it. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> you have a heart of stone, Colin. <laughs> Uh, we move on to actually films that she, uh, we can remember in Juno. What a film. As Juno's mum. Mm. Uh, she's married to uh, to J.K. Simmons. Oh, they make such a good couple, though, honestly. They do. They do. <laughs> they, 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 they have good, such good chemistry. They they write off each other so well. Oh. Their heights complement each other. Um, yeah, they do. I would love to see them as a couple again. Yeah, definitely. Maybe they could bring her in as Mrs. J. Jonah Jameson for the uh, next Spider-Man. <laughs> I don't really, actually. Uh, I'm sure we talked about Juno, but it's a really great film. Um, yeah. Ellen Page, fantastic, great script by Diablo Cody, Michael Cera. Uh The Help, she plays Emma Stone's mother in The Help. Um, so I put her in The Help, but I couldn't remember who she was. Mm. It took me a while, because <laughs> it's, <not, laughs> it's not one of the major roles in it. But, um, exactly. I I think she does it very well the way she plays off Emma Stone now, now that I remember it. Because um, she's quite she's kind of on her back about uh, what kind of daughter she should be but then kind of defends her at the end. and mm. Yes, yeah, very, very uh, touching. Um film called Liberal Arts um, as written, I think, and directed by Josh Radner of How I Met Your Mother fame. Um, okay. Starring Elizabeth Olsen and Josh Radner. Uh She's really good. I, I like Josh Ryan. He's, he's only directed two films, this one and um, Happy Thank You More, Please. But they're both very enjoyable, and I, I wish he would do more. I like his, He's kind of a bit, I think, he, inspired by Woody Allen in some ways, but um, I much prefer his films to Woody Allen's. I think this is worth checking out. Um, she plays a professor in that. A very similar role to what she plays in The Rewrite, um, which is a surprisingly good Hugh Grant, Marissa Tomei uh, rom-com where Hugh Grant is a a writer whose best days are behind him and he becomes a, a literature teacher in a university. Check it out. Okay. okay. <laughs> Check it out that. right now. So okay. I've been talking a lot. You got any more? You got any more? Uh, the last bits that I'm pretty sure you've not seen, the, the Spy, that's the... Melissa I have McCarthy. seen Spy. Oh, you have? You yeah. like it? I no. love Spy. <laughs> Why do you not like Spy? It was very forgettable. Oh, Heart of Stone again. <laughs> And uh, she was in the Golden Train as the police officer. Oh right, okay. Mm. Uh, not a good film. Uh, it's not a good book either. Oh, I'm dissing so many books in this film. Yeah, this is <laughs> in uh, this podcast. In this podcast, yeah. Um, I got a few more. So the way way back, which I saw for the first time a couple of weeks ago, which is really good. Um, it's a coming of age story of a, of a guy um in a water park, Sam Rockwell, um among others. Uh, Alison Johnny kind of plays a drunk next door neighbour. She's she's in it quite a lot in the first scenes and then disappears a bit. Um, but the film is really good. I'll check, I'll check that one out. Uh, apparently she's in Get On Up. Don't remember that. Um, apparently she's in the, the Duff, which Simon loves and is not good. Okay. Um, and she's in Sun Dogs, which I talked about before, but it's really good. Um, uh, about a guy who really wants to be in the army, but he's got some 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 sort of um, mental problems. Um, she plays his mother. Um, Melissa Benoist is also in it, and definitely she plays everyone's mother. She does, she does. Um, so, what's your favorite? Uh, I Tonya has to be. It's so good. Um, and Juno is a close second, and Finding Nemo. 
I apart from the Finding Nemo, I definitely agree with that. Um, so I put it first and Gina second. Um, do you have a least favourite from this? Uh, going through this. Um, oh, she was in Hasbro as well. I forgot to mention. <laughs> okay. My least favourite that I've seen is the Go on the Train. That's to be wow. Mine is yeah. Spy. Um, so it's not that bad. <laughs> it's not I've, actually. This is the other thing. She's made so many films, but these are all good. Um, mm. Apart from Spy um, and the Duff. Um, there's, I mean, this is quite a wide range of different genres and, and parts and things. But um, but such really great quality stuff. So um, mm. well done, Alison. Go, go on, her. Good choice. Good choice of actor factor. Thank you. Um, now, CJ, before we started recording. Um, in between moaning about how tired you were, you told me that you hadn't thought of an actor for next time's actor practice. Yes. Have you have you thought of one whilst we've been doing this? I've thought of one. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll do Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, very good. Okay, um, we move on then to our final segment, um, which is the quiz, and this time we are quizzing on Thor, the films about starring and named Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, kick us off, Sejan. Hey, uh, question one. What kind of scientists are Jane Foster, Darcy Lewis, and Eric Selvig in the Thor films? I would say they're astrophysicists. That is correct. Um, question one for you. Which ex-boyfriend does Jane Foster describe as a great doctor, but a uh, a bad ex-boyfriend in the first Thor film? I'm paraphrasing that slightly. What? In the first Thor film, Jane Foster describes an ex-boyfriend of hers as being a great doctor, but not a very good ex-boyfriend. Okay, so this is a person, it's a person that I should know. Yes. She had an ex-boyfriend in the first film. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember this. By the way, I have to mention this. I am I am so tired right now. This is my excuse for not doing well in this quiz. Okay. <laughs> I feel like this best is worth mentioning. So what is it? Who is it? It's Donald Blake. Oh, the the original toss. Uh, mm, a little, little nod name. there to, uh, for comic book fans. Very sneaky, yeah. Uh, question two. Uh, in Thor the Dark World, what's the event that would cause a rare alignment of the Nine Realms? Um, it's called something. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm trying to bring it to mind. Uh, I'm going to cut all that, cut out all this thinking time because I know this. No, it's not coming. No, I give up. It's the convergence. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, question two in Thor: The Dark World. Who is Ian Boothby? Ian Boothby. What are all these questions? <laughs> You've clearly done more research than I have. Ian Boothby. Oh, let me try to think. What happened? Thor: The Dark World. I can't remember. Ian Boothby. Ah, uh, it's probably like a nickname for one of the guys who is it like. What, Loki's nickname on Earth or something? Go on. I don't know. No, it's uh, Darcy's intern. Oh. Oh my god. The so forgettable <laughs> intern of Darcy. Question three. Um, at the beginning of Thor Ragnarok, we see a play being reenacted in Asgard. Which actor played the actor for Thor? Um, it was one of the Hemsworths. <laughs> um, was it... Was it Liam Hemsworth? No. Does it... Liam Hemsworth... <laughs> There's Luke Hemsworth. Oh, oh you're in the lead anyway. I can give it to you. Okay. Um, according to Thor Ragnarok, how many PhDs does Bruce Banner have? What kind of question is this? It's a great question. <laughs> no. Oh, he makes he makes two separate references to it, and I had uh-huh. to look up the answer. But still, this is. A... Wow, I think it's less than one hundred. That's my answer. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to give me a slightly more precise answer? <laughs> less than fifty. 
I'm, I'm looking for a, a just just one integer number. <laughs> Less than thirty. I'm still correct, right? <laughs> okay, I'll go with ten. It's seven. Uh, that was close, though. I guess. Yeah. Uh, question four. Um, Thor: The Dark World is the shortest movie to date. Uh, shortest Marvel movie to date at one hour fifty two minutes. Tying with which other MCU film? <laughs> Come on. Okay, one hour and fifteen minutes. Uh, joint shortest. I feel that At least they... you have a choice, right? I have to choose between one to one hundred, Colin. You think you might have had a hundred PhDs? Yes. Why <laughs> why... Uh, I've got I've got twenty three to choose one something. Um well I'm pretty sure it's not endgame. Um I reckon that is ooh. My shortlist, just to let you know, my shortlist, um, is uh Ant-Man and the Wasp and uh, The Incredible Hulk. That's my my, my shortlist. Um, and I'm going to go for Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's The Incredible Hulk. Oh! How this 50-50 with you, Colin? Like Luke and uh, Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. So many choices. It's, it's yeah. not gone well today. This um, is such a bad quiz for, for a tour, some, a film series that we talked a lot about. Yeah, well, I think we've, def- we've, did, we've gone quite hard for this, haven't we? But, um, we have. Uh, yeah. Who directed Thor The Dark World? I should know this. This is Alan Taylor. It is Alan Taylor. Very good. Yeah, we're tied. We're tied at one all with one oh, question Good luck with each. this last question, Colin. This is quite hard, actually. Okay. Which alien race does Thor Ragnarok's Korg belong to? They've they got a name? <laughs> <laughs> um, they're called the um, the Rock Giants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Cronins. Fine. Um, in which For case, the win. You could win with this one. Uh, who won the NAACP Image Award for Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actor for Thor Ragnarok? Taika Waititi. Uh, no, it was Idris Elba. In, oh, if look I must at admit, this. I must say one of the more generous awards. Um, it definitely is. was barely in it. <laughs> um, well, there you go. One award wow. in that Thor quiz. Wow. Um, that wasn't too impressive, was it? No. Um, and next time, I say uh, I admitted to you before we started that I hadn't thought of a quiz topic, but um, let's do the Home Alone films. Home Alone <laughs> films. That'll be funny. Yep, let's do that. Cool. Um, what's our main topic for next time, Zijan? We are looking at courtroom drama. I'm looking films. forward to that, and we may even have a new segment. So there's there's a something to look forward to. Exactly. All right. Bye. <laughs>